Uh, welcome to the Twins Insider Podcast. I'm Michael Rand, Lavelle Emil III, joining me from Milwaukee. Uh, Lavelle, you're about to hit the road. It's an all-driving um, year for the Star Tribune when it comes to travel, made easier, obviously, by the uh, by the way that this 60-game schedule is, is being played with just in the divisions. But you, you drove all the way out to Pittsburgh. How was that? Well, you learn a lot about um, the highway system in the United States uh, when you go on trips like that. It took $9.50 worth of tolls to get through Indiana, and then $20 worth of tolls to get through the Ohio Turnpike. And then that took you right to the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And uh, uh, Pennsylvania is an interesting state. Um, really hilly, really scenic, uh, a lot of curving, winding roads. And once you get to Pittsburgh, it's all bridges and hills, just bridges and hills. You've got to be in the right lane. Uh, or you're going you're gonna to miss your mark. And fortunately <laughs> for Pittsburgh drivers, I think uh, all of them have been in the same boat. So they're really, they're rather courteous. They let people cut in and do the zipper thing when you're trying to get over in time to hit your exit. Because sometimes you have less than an eighth of a mile to be in position to get off the highway. It's, oh, it's plenty of times there. But um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I basically spent all day in the car a week ago on Tuesday leaving my house at about 9.20 and then getting to Pittsburgh like at 1 a.m. Oh, man. Just did it all in a day, huh? Jeez. Jeez. Yeah, thank heavens I have XM Satellite Radio. All right? Yeah. Nuts. But uh, so the drive back to Ch- from Pittsburgh to Chicago wasn't that bad. I think I, no. I, tore out of, I tore out of the hotel at about 8.15 in the morning, and I was in Chicago by 4. Yeah, that's not bad. No, that wasn't bad at all. And driving to Milwaukee is like driving to the suburbs, you know, so that was that right. was. So now you're heading home, um, as are the twins. They've got an off day today. Um, kind of interesting road trip. It was a long road trip when you kind of stack it all up. Um, you know, basically, what a ten time it was all done. And just like it was ten games. They were four in Pittsburgh, three in Kansas City, and three in Milwaukee. Is that how it went? Yeah, it just seems like it was. It seems like it was a heck of a long trip. Seems like they've been gone forever. I don't know why. Well, it had distinct phases to it, too, because they started off, you know, they won the first three in Pittsburgh, right? And then they got swept by the Royals after that walk-off loss to the Pirates, and then they went to right. Milwaukee. So it ends up being a five-and-five five trip uh, with a four-game losing streak in the middle of it. So an interesting trip. But what, you know, as we kind of think about think about those ten games, how, how do you, you know, kind of state of the team-wise, what are what, where do you kind of assess the – the ups and downs now that we're, you know, <laughs> literally almost a third of the way into this season. Well, I, I still think it's a, it's a quality team. I, I just sensed during this, t- this trip, especially offensively, that, that they're not as sharp as they need to be. Yeah. Because I don't know if because they played down to the level of their competition and may have gotten, uh, you know, blindsided by what the Royals did to them in Kansas City. Because the Royals have kind of redone their roster a little bit, and they've got some, they've got some promising arms in that bullpen. And once mm-hmm. he lead, it was hard for the Twins to come back. But uh, a lot of these guys in the lineup, even when Josh Donaldson out, you know, still have have a pedigree here and have a history, a track record of being able to come through. And none of that happened. So I, I just, I just want, I'm just wondering if um, they're not just locked in yet mentally at the plate and ready to, uh, you know, fight through these bigger situations. And, and maybe as the games get more important and, and they head into some of these matchups that, we'll, you know, we'll see the, the best come out of them. Um, you know, because they played 
they played Cleveland tough. I mean, they lost the first game in the series at home and then won the next three. And then uh, it just seems like there was a drop off there. There was a letdown. And I don't know, you know, fortunately they were seven and three when all this started. Uh, so they had, they haven't been bit too bad about by it. In fact, I think if I wake up this morning, I think there's still only two teams in baseball with more wins than the twins. So that's uh, right. Yeah. You know, they're still well positioned here. Uh, but you know, it, it's going to be a point here where they need to get a little more mentally, uh, mentally, a little more focused, a little more dialed in so they can, um, so they can, uh, you know, be a little more consistent on the field. And I, I think it's been, uh, I think the best example of that, I'm, I'm waiting for you to ask me a question about the, the offense because, uh, I think the way the offense has been lopsided in games is an example of uh, of, of them not uh, totally being not being there totally from a mental standpoint. Yeah, I think that's a good. Let's let's talk about the offense because it's been, you know, it's been hits and misses. Let's be honest. Some some people are going really well. Some some aren't. I think we've seen some promising things from especially Byron Buxton with five home runs in his last seven games. Eddie Rosario really, you know, gave him a jolt, I thought, in that Milwaukee game with that grand slam when they were kind of, you know, they lost four in a row and here, here they, yeah. you know, go down early. But, yeah, you're right. Like, guys like, you know, Mitch Garver finally got a few hits last night, but he's been he's been very slow out the gate. And Luis Arias, um, he doesn't have the, the greatest uh, OPS right now. What do you, what do you think no. it is? Is it just – is this a function of, you know, still the – the layoff or should these guys be should these guys be in a better spot at this point or is it is it even is it the baseball is, is it a different baseball the theories are flying about all this stuff about the pitch yeah. of hitters about the ball being different I guess Masahiro Tanaka the Yankees said this ball looks like the one and they used in 2017 yeah. which is crazy for someone like Tanaka to just refer to a baseball from three years ago for a comparison point but uh uh, they're 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 blaming weather. They're blaming. I mean, they're looking at all uh, shifting and all kinds of things. I just think that um, it looks like pitchers ended up being ahead of hitters. And from this twin standpoint, it's been really weird because they get off to such these great starts in these games. Like they've scored fifty three runs in the first three innings of games. Yeah. Um, twenty one runs, I think, in the first inning, and now twenty in the second inning. And it's just crazy uh, how they ambushed pitchers the first time through the order but then it, it tells off after the fourth inning and they have scored just 13 runs after the sixth inning that's that, crazy I, they've scored very few runs against bullpens you know is that because they're facing better pitches or just from, once again my my whole getting locked in concern maybe a play as well you know uh, they just haven't been able to mentally step up to the to the moment yet and eventually that's got to change they got to be able to sustain offense from the first inning through the last inning. They have to make sure that they're consistent threats throughout the game. Um, the gift they have is that they have a deep and, and, and dangerous lineup, and you've got to lean on these pitching staffs. You know, there's not supposed to be a lot of outs in this lineup. Pitchers are supposed to have a hard time navigating through this order, you know, let alone once or twice, but third time through, even if you're a reliever, you know, and you only throw two good pitches, you got to – you think you're down to the eighth spot, you're going to have a break? No, here's Luis Arias batting eighth. Here's Byron Buxton with five homers in his last seven games batting ninth. They are the ones supposed to be applying the pressure. And I don't think they've got there yet. Um, yesterday's game against Milwaukee was a good step forward because 
They scored five runs in the second inning, and they sustained offense. I think they scored yeah. five, one, then one, and four, uh, and then one. And they got uh, a couple homers from Buck, another homer from Long, homer from Sano, and they kept scoring. And so, um, and putting the ball in play, you know, good things are going to happen. They just haven't done that a lot. Uh, I told Patrick Grossi, my Grossi was in Milwaukee this series. Yeah. He did yeah. a great column with Bob Uecker. So, uh, yeah. the game, I said, the Twins have got to put the ball in play, man. It exposes outfield. IBCL Garcia should not be a center fielder in Major League Baseball. But the Twins have not been able to expose him until yesterday when they showed a couple – threw sent up a couple balls out there and watched him stumble around trying to catch him. Sure. You know, so um, – they got to do what they do. I know, you know, they're, they're the bomber squad. And maybe they fall in love with trying to hit homers all the time. But, you know, it's a pretty damn team just when they put the ball in play as well um, and, and making defenses work hard and making pitchers work hard and get their pitch counts up. So we haven't seen that. And maybe this game against Milwaukee will be the logic point for them to, to move forward here. They should be a little angry when they face the Royals this weekend at, at, yeah. at Target. Maybe there should be some revenge in play here, and I think the Brewers come to town as well. So well, let's see how they uh, how they move forward after this. They got a nice off day today. Rocco's talking about going to uh, take a walk around Nicollet Park or whatever, and, and, and enjoying the outdoors. So let's see if they, how they come back refreshed and uh, prepare for this homestand. Yeah, I think your point about better balance and better you know better balance both in terms of. You know, how they score and when they score is a good point. I mean, the overall numbers still look pretty good. They're seventh in the majors in runs per game. Yep. Tied for second in home runs now with 32. And they've played more games than some teams. <laughs> they played more games than the Cardinals. You know, Mike, that's the other quirky thing about this squad. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, they were third in baseball in percentage of home runs that are solo home runs. Yeah. Like, percentage of home runs have been solo blasts. Yeah. That's crazy. And that – and if Rocco's looking at that and trying to figure out ways how he could set up the lineup to maybe get some more on base guys on uh, on in front of his boppers because you know just being a longtime baseball fan you know the same batting order doesn't work from year to year sometimes you have to jiggle things up or maybe Rocco's thinking look we were going to hit we're still going to hit uh, a high percentage of home runs overall so I'm not going to um, I'm not going to try to make a big deal out of just getting hit hitting a lot of I don't know but uh it's like the Red Sox and the Blue Jays were the only two teams with a higher percentage of solo home run hit. And when we looked this up uh, two days ago, the Blue Jays had like 15 home runs and like 14 of them were solos, you know, which is, you know. So I just think there's opponents in the Twins lineup. Um, I still think Arias has taken decent at bats. I think Marwin's taken good at bats and – if, if Rocco wanted to really shake things up, you could put those two at the top of the order and then drain down into the power of guys in the middle of the order. But, you know, he likes the look that he's been getting from Kepler, and he's, he's, uh, he's showed his faith in Garver uh, to the point where Garver came through with three hits yesterday and almost matched his season total coming right. in. So, uh, you know, even though it's his 60 games and it's a short, shortened season, and if you're looking at the – at the season in terms of a clock, you know, you, you're losing a minute for every game you're, play, you're playing, and the time's running out here. But maybe there's still some level of patience the manager has to have with his offense, wait for it to start coming together. Well, that is a good point, and it, we should mention, too, I mean, this is, you know, even, even with what we perceive as struggles, like I said, there's, they're still doing relatively well in run scored. And we should mention, too, that it just looked it up quick on baseball reference, but 
you know, average team is scoring 4.59 runs a game this year. That's down almost a quarter of a run per team per game from last year, 4.83. And the Twins are still about a half a run above league average. So it's runs are down across the board. And, you know, I would say, too, that, you know, I think there's been some con- – there was probably some concern or some curiosity about how the Twins pitching staff would hold up this year. I think people had, you know, faith in the depth of their starting pitching. I think that's, that's played out pretty well as they've got through some injuries and the bullpen's been good. And if you look at – you know, team ERA wise, they're number four in baseball right now, three point four eight. That's probably been, you know, the maybe that's that's the story of the year so far, and yeah. why you know why they're twelve and seven. Yeah, well, there was a stretch there, Mike, where uh, pitching and defense were kind of holding things together while the offense was trying to get his act together. Yeah. Especially uh, through those four games against the Pirates, I think that uh, pitching and defense are like the the main factors. Um, uh, and it's weird because the staff still has some issues. Uh, they can't put their they can't put their first choice rotation in play. Uh, Rich Hill looks like he's close to returning. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to pitch in that Monday game against the Royals because they want him to face hitters. If he's if he's going to face hitters, he's got to do it Friday in order to be activated. Game, I think so. Friday would be a big day at the ballpark. But Homer Bailey hasn't even thrown in the bullpen. He's in the throwing program right now uh, as he recovers from a biceps injury. So it, it made me start. I had to wrote a note earlier this week about Michael Pineda because Pineda's like throwing simulated games at CHS Field. He's going to be ready by August 31st, which is now is not that far away. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. they really need him when it's time um, just because they haven't been able to keep uh, so many starters on, on, on the field. You know, uh, thank heavens for Randy Dobnak, who, um, who is a Rick Anderson-type pitcher because he's all about pitching the contact. He knows what he is, and he's not afraid to put the ball over the plate and, and see if he can get someone to ground the ball to somewhere, to someone. Um, and, you know, being aggressive in the strike zone has gotten him to, to a nice record and, and one of the lowest ERAs for a starter in Major League Baseball. Yes, yeah, ERA is 0.90 right, right. now. You, yeah, there's no exactly. way you – that's four starts. He's got about five innings on average in each. But you, you can't even think about taking him out of the rotation at this point, even when maybe when guys. No. And you know, keep this in mind too. Since it's a short season, he's probably he's probably uh, a third of the, he's a fourth of the way through the season. Yeah, and with an old nine old ERA, so you know, <laughs> yeah. he's got a chance to make to have a very nice uh, number here by the end of the year. If he keeps it up, and Cy Young, Cy Young, Randy Dobnik. How about that? And Kent Tomeda, you he's know, been great. Yeah, he's been great. Been a great pitcher, and I still remember in spring training back when you could actually have face-to-face conversations with people. You know, while the Meta thing was being worked out with the Dodgers, and we had reported that the the Red Sox were out of the talks, and people complained that they weren't, but they actually were. And so the Twins and Dodgers started talking about a Meta for Gratteros, uh swap on the backfield. Fort Myers, and I run into Rocco, you know, and we just start, you know, kind of BSing a little bit. And Rocco's eyes are twinkling about the possibility of getting made up. He's sitting there telling me he is really, really good with L. This guy could come in and really elevate this rotation. And I'm sitting there, okay, it sounds a little bit like hyperbole or whatever. But after watching him in a, hand, a few starts here, I see it. This guy has some of the best pitching acumen you know, in the league right now. He seems like he's one step ahead of hitters. He's able to execute pitches. He's got a terrific split changeup. 
He's got a very good slider. He's got a fastball that he trusts that he can throw up to 93 miles an hour. And he's been going, he's been, he's just been flummoxing hitters uh, uh, since climbing in the Twins uniform. It's been really neat to watch. Yeah, he's been really good. I and mean, all four starts have been, he's given up two runs, zero runs, three runs, two runs. He's gotten at least five in each. He's gotten at least six in, in his last three starts. I mean, when we start to talk about, you know, how this team, you know, I think there's a long way to, I should say, there, there's a, there's 41 games left in their season, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but with, with, the, with how, the, how their roster looks and with the expanded playoffs and eight, you know, eight teams in each league are going to make it, you can start to think about this team as a pretty sure bet for the playoffs, especially with you know, 12, 12 wins already in the bank after 19 games. You know, the biggest question always was going to be, you know, aside from getting there again, was going to be, do they, will they have the, the frontline pitching then to, to actually compete with, with the best teams once they get there? Does, do you, do, have you seen enough from, in particular, Maeda to think that, that's, that that has changed, that he, he changes their rotation enough in the postseason? Yeah, he helps the rotation, but I don't know if he changes it enough. And, and it's, it's just that it, you just go back to that, uh, that whole thing about how hard it is to get, like, a true ace starter right. um, on your staff. Um, there's only a few handful of true horse aces in baseball, and, um, and they usually end up on one of the higher mar- high market teams, you know, like a Kershaw or, a, or Garrett Cole going to the Yankees, you know, or when Verlander was healthy, Verlander being with the uh, Astros. You know, the Astros are very vulnerable, vulnerable right now because they don't have Verlander or Garrett Cole. Cole. Um, when they're trying to get by with Zach Greeky and and um, and Lance McCullers, and I think they're hoping that Forrest Willie can step up and do something for him. But you know they're a mess. So how many teams have like these true aces? You know, um, not a lot. And in, in that scenario, um, you know, does it help the Twins? Um, they're going to get in the playoff situation where the the the, the format's going to be expanded teams, and you're going to have a lot of teams in there that don't have. Uh, a top guy like the White Sox have Lucas Giolito and, and Dallas Keiko, and they can be interesting. You know, the Twins mm-hmm. hit Giolito in the past, and they've also been dominated by Giolito. Where is he at in his development curve? Is he gonna is he gonna develop into one of those you know ace type guys? Is Dallas Keiko gonna have flashbacks when he won a Cy Young a few years ago? Um, when it's playoff time, you know, you don't know. But I think the the Twins rotation has a, a, I think the Twins going going to this postseason with a better rotation than last year. Um, remember, they started Dobnak at game two. Right. When, to be honest with you, he should have. Uh, Jake Gordorizzi deserved to start one of those first two games of the series. I still don't know why Rocco did that to, to this point. But now you're looking at uh, 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 Maida, impossible help from Pineda. And Rich Hill, probably being a crafty guy, you can throw him out there for five innings. And then you've got you've to uh, try to get Jose Barrios to be the best version of himself. Because right now, He's not commanding his pitches. He's got wicked movement, but he can't harness it right now. And uh, that needs to be addressed in the next couple of weeks here because you only have, you know, a dozen starts for a starter this year before hey, you're in the postseason. So um, there should be a sense of urgency about how they get real straight now. But the rotation should be better. And the, and the bullpen looks like it's very capable. If, if you know, the trade deadline comes up at the end of the month, if I'm Derek Falvey, you know, I'm in a constant, you know, I'm keeping an eye out just in case, you know, some team has a stud pitcher and they want to offload them. You know, right. and I'm looking, I'm looking to uh, 
fortify my team for the postseason. I'm always looking for that. And I'm always looking for a power arm for the bullpen. Although I think the Twins bullpen is rather interesting because they got so many different looks. Hard like Duffy and Rogers and May. But then you got the quirky guys like Clippard who can get lefties out despite the fact he's right-handed. You got um, Cody Stashak who doesn't walk anybody. And you have Sergio Romo who throws that frisbee slider. You know, they, they're throwing a lot of looks at teams right now. And I think that's, that's kind of cool. I would love to see one more hard-throwing guy who's like a 95 and above with like some sort of nasty breaking ball get thrown in there uh, in that mix as well just to give Rocco another power option. Maybe if he wants to power through the sixth or seventh inning before he wants to use May or Duck, you know. So I'd be looking out for uh, a stud pitcher, and which I'm, it's easier said than done, or uh, another power arm, which uh, he probably would have a better – chance of landing in a stud pitcher before the deadline good stuff i'm going to save my question about who if the season ended today who would be your your game one starter in a postseason series i'm going to save that for another time because i feel like we've <laughs> that's way ahead of where we are right now but it, they're, they're gonna have some it's an interesting season i it's uh, it's it's unfortunate in so many ways but i really would have loved to see this team over 162 games and just see kind of what they could do but i do think they're equipped pretty well still for uh, this. I agree. Sprint as well. Yep. All right. Thanks, Lavelle. Safe drive. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. You bet. Take care. All right. Goodbye.